The Daily Tap is live for Friday. We are going to talk about David Stern's departure and what comes next for the Milwaukee Brewers. We're also going to talk about should I bet my team. We'll talk about the Packers and Bills. We'll go over the spread. We'll go over the money line. We'll see how confident that we're feeling about all of that. Uh, we'll also touch on the Bucks betting line since we have lines for Friday's game, which is nice. I like doing that. Uh, we'll talk about some trends that I'm paying attention to and maybe one of my biggest betting regrets. We'll wrap up today's show with the tap list. We're going to go Halloween candy. We're going give to give my top five of candies that I like in bite-sized form. Before we get going, just a reminder, make sure that you're following along on social media, tapping the keg on Twitter, tapping the keg sports on Instagram, as well as TikTok, trying to do a little more on Instagram. It's so damn hard with their algorithm, uh, just basically screws has screwed my head, it's in my head. I, I just need to post, like I just need to fire away, just shoot like a cannon, like Peter North uh, when he's finished. Like that's what I need to do with Instagram. Yeah, we're starting hot today on Friday. It's a Friday, it's no filter Friday, okay? Leave me alone, but anyways. Uh, more on Instagram. We're going to try to have more on Instagram. Uh, we're also um, on Facebook as well. It's having a keg sports. Also, uh, we'd like you to subscribe, rate, review, do the whole thing. We had a great review uh, recently. Can we get a couple more? Can we get the vibes going? We'd love to see some more reviews. Like I said, I do want to do some sort of contest, but it also means I have to part ways with memorabilia. And I, I think it really will come down, honestly, to when I start going through my, like when I build my quote unquote man cave, and I, I put it in quotations because it's not really a man cave, right? I don't have full autonomy over my basement. Um, my wife will contribute. Uh, she wants the basement to look nice herself. So she's not gonna let me put every piece of memorabilia that I have, and I have a lot of it, all right? So once I kind of sift through what we're keeping, what we're not, and I know, then we can start running some giveaways. We'll do review stuff, we'll do follows on Twitter, Instagram, the whole can caboodle, um, and get you guys some cool ass merch. Uh, from my, I guess the tab in the keg closet. Let's just call it that. Uh, like that, like the sound of that. All right, I've wasted enough time. Let's talk about David Stearns and leaving the Milwaukee Brewers. You gotta love when you tape a podcast on Wednesday night, a um, little bit behind the scenes, how sausage is made. Mitch and I don't usually tape late. Um, Mitch and I usually tape around 7.30, 8 o'clock, give or take. The Milwaukee Bucks were playing playing on Wednesday night, and Mitch was like, oh, we can do the show after. Uh, Mitch does go to bed early, or gets up early, goes to bed early, whole thing. So usually that's why we don't do late night podcasts. And I was like, all right, great, cool. We'll do like a post-game show. Like I actually told Mitch, like anytime that he wants to do this with the Bucks, he has an open invite. Like he can always come on after a game and chat about the Bucks, and we'd love to have him. We'd love to have his insight, you know, the Bucks, while I pay close attention, Mitch pays even closer attention. So I trust his insight and expertise. So yes, we taped the podcast. We got it up. Felt like it was a good one. Make sure that you listen to it if you haven't um, already tapped in on that one. But then David Stearns decides to leave the Brewers. Um, basically 8.30. So I think we had, I can't even, I can't even remember if the podcast got out and I already posted it or I, or either Stearns announced I didn't post podcast. I have nothing on it. Um, I'm not at the capacity to do an emergency podcast because I have a daytime job. And I know there was a lot of consternation about the Stearns coverage, which I could get into. And I just decided not to. It's Friday. I don't need to be critical um, of the whole thing. But yeah, I, and so here I am talking about David Stearns. And it's unfortunate that 
couldn't have Mitch on to discuss this um, yesterday and go through it, or if we did the podcast tonight, talk talk a lot at great deal about what we're going to talk about now and David Stearns and the future of the Milwaukee Brewers. David Stearns leaves. Um, I'm not surprised. I thought that somebody was going to leave. I thought it was either. I thought it was going to be Craig Council. Like I planted my flag in Craig Council, and that Craig Council was the one that would say burnout. All the things we heard from David Stern today, that he needs to spend more time with his family, wants to spend more time with his kids, the whole kid and caboodle. David Stearns adamantly said that he was going to stay in Milwaukee. There are people that don't exactly buy that, that think David Stearns could be with the Mets, maybe even the Astros if things go south with their GM, which is a wild story, considering how good the Astros are and the GM and owner fucking hate each other. It's impressive. It's similar to... Bear, uh, Jerry Jones and Jimmy Johnson. Like, Jimmy Johnson won a championship, and Barry Switzer basically told me to get the fuck out. Like, oh no, he lost. I, excuse me, take that back. He lost the 94 NFC Championship game to the San Francisco 49ers. Jimmy Johnson left. Barry Switzer comes in. Barry Switzer wins the Super Bowl. Barry and Jerry Jones didn't get along. So, yeah, I don't know if Jim Crane's going to get along with anybody, but if I think his name Jim Chack wants to come up to Milwaukee and be like the vice president and be a little bit higher than Matt Arnold. Like he is more than welcome to join us in Milwaukee. We'll just have to see. But so yes, that could open up for David Stearns. He could work directly with Crane, who was and he was under Jeff Lepp now, the guy who got. I think he's banned from baseball, right? I'm not sure. But anyways, Lepp now like Stearns was employed by him and. Crane might want a Lucknow guy back and try to lure Stearns to Houston. I don't know what to believe at this point, but I'm choosing to believe David Stearns. I think burnout's real. I think it's a job that you work all the time. You don't have a ton of time to watch your kids grow up. You probably have a, I wouldn't say a tumultuous relationship. I don't want to assume anything. But I know that, you know, when you're working a ton, it puts a great strain on your relationship. Look at Tom Brady and Giselle Bunchen, right? Like, there is an obvious thing there where there are problems. And to kind of fix that, and, to, and I'm not saying they're having any marital problems, but more so, like, you just endure more problems when you're working more, if that makes sense. I'm probably doing a bad job of explaining this. But I hope you get my point. And that's why I'm choosing to believe in David Stearns because I think it's the human being thing, right? It's not the robot thing. It's not David Stearns is bullshitting us. I don't think David Stearns really has ever bullshitted the fan base or the media. Uh, you guys can fact check me on that if you want. What I see more realistically for David Stearns is that he will take a year off, he will chill. He'll advise with the Brewers. He'll work more like 9 to 5. Maybe he'll stay for some games, work like 10 to 7, 10 to 8. But at the end of the day, David Stearns is going home. And he's not going on road trips. And he has his weekends to himself. He's you know doing whatever he does in Fox Point or River Hills or where he, wherever he lives. But David Stearns in 2024 might be the new Mets GM or the Mets vice president of baseball operations. He might be the new Houston vice president of baseball operations. He might go somewhere else that we're not even thinking about that needs help. That could be the role that David Stearns does a year off. If it's a year off and basically him and his wife, whatever they decide, and he's like, all right, I'm ready to jump back in. He goes back into it. I highly doubt that David Stearns is done, right? Like there is no fucking way. David Stearns will come back to some team in some capacity, and that'll be okay. I can accept that he needs a new challenge. 
I hope that he doesn't do better than what he did with the Brewers and doesn't deliver them a World Series. But that's, you know, that's the fan of me, right? Like, I'm sure a lot of Rays fans look at Andrew Friedman, right? I know they won a Mickey Mouse title in 20, 2020, but he still won a title for the for the Dodgers and not the Rays. And Friedman constructed Tampa Bay into what it is today in the well-oiled machine, and he didn't get the payoff in Tampa. He got the payoff in Los Angeles, even in a weird, weird year. But moving on to the Milwaukee Brewers themselves, what happens now? So Matt Arnold takes over the team, and I think there are some who will believe that this will be a Stearns puppet or a Mark Ananasio puppet. I will remind you that a lot of people felt like that with John Horse, that Mark Lazary and Wes Edens were going to call the shots, and that there was a sort of tox- toxic sort of nature about those owners at the time, similar to kind of Mark Ananasio right now. And that didn't happen. John Horst made a lot of moves, some that were criticized. Pat Connaughton, people don't forget, Bobby Portis was looked at as a side on. People actually liked the DJ Augustine deal that didn't work out. Um, and Nico Miritich trade. Um, they're bad ones too, but Horst ultimately won the Bucks a championship. And I think John Horst is the most trusted GM in the state of Wisconsin right now. There's nothing to say that Matt Arnold can't be a baseball version of John Horst where he takes over the job from a long-standing worker and turns it into something special and gets the Brewers to a World Series. If you want to even take this a step further, and I don't think he's that good, but Jackson Torrio could be your Giannis, right? If you really want to line this up, it, it does make a lot of sense. And I would imagine that Matt Arnold's going to have a different approach. He comes from the Rays organization. Now we've seen good and bad for that. We saw Chime Bloom. He's kind of blown up the Red Sox. I mean, he didn't bring back Kyle Schwarber, which is a major deal with Sox Nation, if you will. And Chime hasn't been, I would say, the most well-liked manager in Boston. But managing the or general managing the Red Sox versus the Brewers is different. It's apples to pineapples. Even though the Brewers have had a ton of success, they don't, you know, people don't expect the Brewers to drop drop a bet. I would imagine that Arnold is clued in with every move that Stearns wanted to make. Now, he will do probably his own evaluation. He'll make decisions that seem fit. I do not think the Brewers are backing up the tank by any means. I really don't. I think they're going to try to get some deals done uh, with the 19 guys that, that are up for arbitration. We could go through it in another podcast of the guys that they should. But I'll be very curious to see how Matt Arnold approaches the clubhouse and how he, if he has a little bit better of a bedside manner to sort of ingratiate himself with that clubhouse so they understand maybe not exactly what he's doing, but the point of why certain things are happening and trying to avoid with the Josh Hader trade. I, I look at this and I think that not a ton is going to change at least year one. I think year two, that's where you might see Matt Arnold sort of start to stretch his wings, maybe him at the deadline, right? That could be another opportunity for Matt Arnold to really sort of show himself and show what he's made of. People will evaluate talent differently. They just do, okay? Even though Stearns and Arnold are probably in on every communication, they're going to evaluate talent in a different manner. 
So if he feels like certain guys deserve to be paid out for arbitration and that it matters, then he's going to pay them out. If he feels like other guys, they're, we need to go because we're so far away on contracts, then they're going to go in that route. If they feel like they can make some deals to improve that team, I think they're absolutely going to do it. I still feel good about what I said to Mitch yesterday before this news broke, where I said, look, I, I believe that they're going to make some sort of deal for two of the four outfielders for a big bat in the order. I don't know who that big bat is. Again, that's a project for the offseason, but I think they are going to make a move because they have way too many outfielders. There are way too many outfielders for what the Brewers have available in the AAA system. That It just doesn't work. It doesn't correlate to actually having, having you know enough. And at some point, you're going to have to move those guys. And I don't think they're going to hang out in AAA all season. I, I just see that as a situation where the Brewers are going to do something. And I think that will be the Matt Arnold big move. So what that big move is, I don't know. I do not expect, again, the Brewers to be sellers at any point in this deadline, or not in deadline, excuse me, in the offseason. But may, may they make moves that are a little different? Yeah, for sure. They're, it's definitely possible. It's definitely possible that the Brewers could make some moves that are a little bit outside the box and that are a little bit different. And I'm at least willing to give Matt Arnold a year. Um, I think that's the grace period. I think that's what all fans should do. I realize that Brewers fans are more broken right now than Packer fans. I, I really do believe that. I think the bites of the apple comment really set people off. I think the comments about Andrew McCutcheon really set people off. And I think a lot of people are kind of done with the organization. And I guess my recommendation to that is just take a year off too. Like let Give it a year grace period. See what Matt Arnold does. If he does great, cool. Buy back in. If he doesn't, and then you're like, okay, I'm out like I was in the 90s. And I guess that's the last point with David Stearns. And the last thing to kind of bring it home is David Stearns ran the best Brewers organization in our lifetime. We have not seen anything similar. The Brewers had sustained success for the first time really in, I don't even know if you would say 30 years, but they had sustained success. They got to the playoffs. They were winning a winning baseball team. And unfortunately, it all fell apart, you know, with not only the Josh Hader trade, but Josh Hader's struggles. That played a part in the collapse of this Brewers team. And in 2014, they collapsed, and this is feeling pretty similar. They made changes, and the Brewers, you know, rose to the top a few years later. I think you're gonna see some, I don't know, you won't see the rebuild but you will see something similar and you will see a new injection of life. And I, I'm very curious to see where this team goes. And I'm not ready to think it's going to be same old Brewers. I am going to have an open mind. And after next year, we'll see where we are with Matt Arnold. And if it's time to have discussions about, are we sure about this guy? Then that's what we will do. But I think it's foolish for fans to just immediately be out on this guy because he's part of the Stearns Ananasio tree, or that'll be a puppet for Ananasio. So give it a chance. Let's see what happens this offseason. And excited to uh, see something a little different for the Brewers. And that I think it was needed, right? I think there was some staleness to that team. And we're going to see if it can play out in the positive in the 2023 season.
Moving on to should you bet your team, we do this every Friday. We talk about the lines of the Badgers and the Packers. Um, the Badgers are off this week, so we'll just do the Packers. We're also bringing the Bucks into this conversation because the Milwaukee Bucks play on a lot of Fridays. So we have the line. We can talk about it. We can also talk about some betting trends so you can take it with you for not just the Friday game. You can have it for multiple games when you're trying to bet your team, the Milwaukee Bucks. But we have no Badgers, as mentioned, so we'll start with the Green Bay Packers. And the Green Bay Packers, Buffalo Bills, the line is 11. Is the first time in Aaron Rodgers' career that he is a double-digit underdog. That is absolutely crazy that Aaron Rodgers not once has been a double-digit dog. Uh, the over-under is a 47.5. So how confident do I feel about the Packers at now 11? So not, not 10 and a half, but 11 points. I actually feel pretty confident, okay? I feel like this is a game where nobody's giving us a chance. It is absolutely house money for the Green Bay Packers. The pressure is off the Green Bay Packers. I think anxiety set in for Green Bay. That New England game a little bit. The Giants game for sure. Then it started to spiral against the Jets. Then started to spiral against the Commanders. There's no worry about spiraling here. No one's giving you a chance. At the odds are stacked up against you. You're not going to have Alan Lazard. You have never won. You haven't won in Buffalo in the last six tries. It's been a house of horrors for the Green Bay Packers. Sean McDermott is undefeated off a of bye. The Bills could be. The Bills are the best team in football. Everything is pointing to the Buffalo Bills, but the NFL is a week to week league. Everything was pointing to the New England Patriots on Monday night. The Chicago Bears kicked their ass. Now, I'm not saying the Packers are going to kick the Bills' ass, but I do think that Green Bay has a chance to stay competitive. It feels very similar to the Arizona game last year, but maybe on steroids, right? Because Buffalo, the crowd, the team itself, um, they did, and they're also not you know fragile mindsets like what we have in Arizona. So that said, Packers shocked the world that day. Can they do it again? And I, I do think they can. And I, I, that's why I at least would take the spread at 11. I, I just think that's way too much respect for the Bills. Not enough respect for the Green Bay Packers. I think the Packers can at least keep it close. And if it gets out of hand, they could at least backdoor, maybe with Jordan Love. And it's a 10-point loss or something like that, right? I just am not in the mindset that the Packers are going to get blown out in this game. I did I have this as a scheduled loss to start the year? You bet your ass. I, I definitely did. So I, I'm not going to lie to you and say like, oh yeah, I think you should bet the Packers outright. No, don't do that. Do not bet. Do not put a money line bet on the Packers, okay? Please do not do that. Just take the 11, be happy with the 11, and I think it'll end up being okay because I think the Packers are going to push them. I think this is... This is the start of the turnaround. I, I really believe that. And it might not be a win, but I think we're going to come on Monday and we're going to talk about how the Packers cleaned up a lot of mental mistakes and Aaron Rodgers' comments, it, the, despite offending you know parts of Packer Twitter and I guess some players, according to some unnamed sources, uh, they, they'll look more crisp and they'll look more like a professional football team. And that's the type of stuff that I think you're getting from the Green Bay Packers. I know we have the Daylight Savings game, time game next year. The Packers, I think, haven't won a Daylight Savings time in forever. No, did that end last year? Did they actually win last year? I can't remember. No, I think they did. 
because then it became a thing and part of my take you know kind of elevated that up but anyways I like the Packers to cover. Uh, I feel like I feel like I'm. We do the confidence ratings for these. I would say that I'm pretty confident. Like I feel like you should feel good about it. Am I saying you know make it a top play? Probably not. But I, I definitely think it's something that you should bet. And I think that's a good one. As for the over under forty seven and a half, that is the largest over under for Green Bay. I, I think I told you last week that I kind of liked. I kind of like the over for the Packers. Packers are three and four to the over. The Bills are one and five to the under. So that's very interesting. Uh, there, some of these stats are obscure, but I, I like this one from Odd Shark. The total has gone under six of the last eight games against an AFC East opponent for the Green Bay Packers. The under has gone. It's gone under nine to twelve games in October. So there's that. Uh, the Bills, the last five Buffalo Green Bay games have all went under. So does this mean you should go under in this? That everything's pointing under. I I actually do. Um, I I hate like saying, oh yeah, that with the trends because sometimes some of those trends are so fucking dumb. And and I'm I'm laughing. Okay, so like when I was like under the last five Buffalo games against Green Bay, well. I don't know how many players are playing. Sammy Watkins might have been on the Buffalo side side of things the last time, you know, in those last five games that Buffalo and Green Bay played. But I do like the under here. Not as confident. I would say I'm slightly confident. Um, maybe I would say less confident. I, I wouldn't say I'm like not at all. But I, I would just say I'm a little, yeah, a little, you know, I feel all right about it. It's, it's one of those things where I think the Packers are going to muck it up. I think they're going to try to control the clock, keep Josh Allen off the field. And I think that all results in an under and 47 is a kind of a tough number i'd like it a little bit more at 48 um but yeah i i think it goes under and the prime time unders roll on i uh, did not in the baltimore tampa game it felt like it was it was 10 to 3 at halftime and then the there was a barrage of points down down the stretch and there you had it but yes i I'll take the under in this, but I like the plus 11 a lot more. That that one is certainly one that I have circled, and I think you should have circled too. Let's move to Milwaukee Bucks. They're favored by six and a half only to the New York Knicks, which I find pretty surprising. I know the Knicks are off to a pretty good start, but I actually really like the Bucks in this spot. Uh, the Bucks are, have beat the Knicks seven of the last 10 times against the spread. Um, they have just owned that matchup. Um, I think they have no answer for Giannis Antetokounmpo. Julius Randle's too slow. Mitchell Robinson's too slow. I think this is a good spot for Giannis Antetokounmpo. A great shot-blocking matchup between Brooke Lopez and Mitchell Robinson. Uh, Jalen Brunson, who's had a really good start to his next career, I think he's going to kind of meet his maker a little bit with Jalen Brunson or uh, with Drew Holiday. Um, and Drew Holiday will will have Jalen locked up all game. And so I think there's just a lot to like. You have Friday night in Milwaukee. It's Halloween weekend. I think everybody's going to be sauced up, ready ready to go. And the Knicks, they, they took Memphis to overtime. But other than that, they really haven't played anybody. They've kind of just played the Sisters of the Poor. And they have to now level up against the Milwaukee Bucks. And I I don't think that's anything that they're they're ready for. Um, so I am riding with the Bucks minus the six. Um, and I, I think it's a good bet to make. And I understand if you want to be cautious with the Knicks and the Hawks as they look like they're a little bit better than I think people expected. I We pointed out the Hawks yesterday on yesterday's pod. They've played nobody. Um, and that's part of the Hawks' success. But still, I can kind of understand if you want to kind of sag off. 
One of the trends that I've noticed so far has been they are jacking the over-unders for the Bucks as the Bucks were the team last year defensively, and they're not. Um, the over-under on the Wednesday game was 230. Um, they did not get close to that, um, not at all. Uh, it was They finished at 209. So, yeah, they, they were way off on that, and it was 224 here. The Knicks have been scoring a lot, haven't been playing a ton of defense, but I, I think, again, it's that level up with the Bucs, and the Knicks haven't seen anything like this Bucks defense. It has been really impressive to watch. I think that's a good play as well. I think if you can work it in, there's you, there's a lot to bet on Friday with baseball, basketball. You have a little bit of football too. So like you have a full smorgasbord of things to play. But yeah, I, I like the under. And I, I think you should keep monitoring these unders. If something seems high, like I, I think there's a real chance that by... I don't know, let's just say mid-December, the Bucks over-under totals are you know anywhere from 218 to 214 because nobody's scoring against this team. That, to me, is, is kind of where I'm leaning, and that's where I'm like, just take advantage of these 225, 224 numbers. I think the Hawks one tomorrow actually is going to be good because it'll be a lot because the Hawks score a lot, but it's two teams coming off a of back-to-back. Again, the Bucks have a very good defensive unit to stop what the Hawks want to do when it comes to Murray and Young with Carter and Holiday. So I, I just, I, I would I would keep looking at Bucks unders as a potential avenue until they drop below 220. Also, I mentioned it at the open. I remember when we talked about like the future of the Bucks, or no, we talked about Bucks future, excuse me, and gambling. And I said, Brooke Lopez was 250 to one for defensive player of the year. And I was like, well, that's interesting. Maybe you, anyone want to wager that. And I didn't. And Brooke Lopez, through three games, has looked like the defensive player of the year. It's absolutely nuts how good Brooke Lopez has looked defensively. He's playing such good ball right now. I don't know if we can even get championship. They don't have uh, updated odds, which is a bummer. Um, so that will not be able to be made again, right? I could have, all I could have done is put down like $1.50 and got back a ton of money or $5 and been a thousandaire. Now, will, will Brooke Lopez actually get the shine to win Defensive Player of the Year? I don't think so. Um, it will take a lot. It will take a lot of Giannis campaigning, uh, saying, you know, Brooke's the guy, Brooke's the reason. If the Bucks have just an awesome defensive rating and it's predicated by the change in defense that the Bucs have been doing, plus Brook Lopez. Then yeah, you and the Bucs, let's say, have 65 wins, then yeah, maybe they maybe we're in the conversation. And if Brook Lopez starts getting in the conversation in February or March, I'm gonna I'm gonna have to have a long, long conversation with myself. That just sometimes you see that long shot, just pull the trigger. What's the worst thing that happens? Just lose a couple dollars on an absolute long shot. And the best thing is you win it on one. And that's incredible. So yeah, there there's a lot, a lot of buyer remorse there. Uh, so I would say play the Bucks tonight. Um, I feel good about the six. I would say my confidence level on that is pretty confident. I feel, feel good. Um, and then I'd also play the Packers plus the 11 um, on Sunday. So those should be good. Uh, like that we don't have any Bucks. Packers overlap uh, with the Bucks playing Friday and Saturday night. Um, and we'll have it covered on all the socials. So make sure you're following Tabitha Keg, uh, Tabitha Keg Sports on Instagram as well as TikTok. 
And yeah, should be should be awesome. Lastly, let's wrap up today's show with the tap list. Uh, we are going to go Halloween candy. I decided not to go Halloween Halloween costumes. Felt like that would be a little too chauvinistic. While I don't mind being a little free and loose, I was like, I don't need to sound like a pig. Let's just put it this way. No matter what they decide, and when I say they, I mean women. Whatever women decide to wear, and it's a little promiscuous, it's a little quote-unquote slutty, and none of us are going to give a shit, right? It's, it, it's a great costume to us, whether it's a cat, whether it's a maid, whether it's a nurse, whether it's a, oh, I was looking for one, and I, oh, like a space spaceman. Like, none, it doesn't matter, right? <laughs> and if there are those who decide not to go that route, the Katie, Her- the, the Katie Heron route, that's awesome too. Good for them. Like, I think costumes are very subjective. So I wasn't going to wade in that water. Uh, but yes, I'd say it's a good time to be out. It's a good time. It's good people watching, for sure. I'm jealous of Shannon. He's, he's going to be on that porch at Brothers. Dude's going to have a clear eye view to every costume imaginable. I, I can't can't be more jealous than I am of, of him right now. All right. So that it still got weird. I, I, I was trying not to have it weird and it got weird, um, but it's here nor there. So anyways, moving on to the tap list. The tap list is something we don't do enough of. I want to do it more, uh, but there's just been so many goddamn sports. I It will calm down at some point. Actually, it won't because we'll have Marquette basketball to talk about um, in a little while. I know people would probably want me to do Wisconsin basketball, but not a Badger basketball fan. We talked about this, I think, last week. Um, but yeah, so I, I will I'll opine on different things with the Badgers every now and again, but I'm not going out of my way to watch Badger basketball. Let's put it that way. And which probably makes me a bad, bad Wisconsin sports podcast. But as I said, I, if someone else wants to do it, I will help you get started, help you with the RSS feed. I will get you all taken care of so you can run it on your own. You just have to say you're presented by us and, you know, shout us out and do some different ad read and shit like that. But yeah, it's it's there for somebody. It's hanging out there. But anyways, tap list. So yes, it is basically a top five uh, of di- some different, something going on. Usually it's pop culture related. Uh, so we have Halloween candy. And it, this is my list. I'd love to hear yours. Hit me up. Tab the Kaya on Twitter. Tevin Keg Sports on Instagram and TikTok. Uh, we are not going to cancel Reese's like that weirdo Dan Orlowski, who just seems to not just get dunked on a lot, right? Uh, he got dunked on today by Twitch. That went pretty viral. Uh, but the number one on the tab list is not Reese's. It is Butterfingers. Butterfingers is an incredible small snack. Like, it's perfect. It's a great crunch it has a great nougat that's nougat it's like a I guess it's like caramelized peanut butter um it's perfect i love butterfingers i could eat a butterfinger every day i'd be fat as shit but i could easily eat a butterfinger every day i don't think i would get sick of it um it's my number one candy um so it being snack size isn't a problem i actually like it snack size because I don't feel as guilty about it. And then you have three of them and it's basically like you had a candy bar. But you don't know that. When you're just going to town on Butterfingers, it, it doesn't matter. Yeah, but I if I see a Butterfinger in like a candy candy like thing, bin, if you will, I'm a dog in heat. Like I'm just like, all right, yeah, we're, we're having at least one, if not two. Number two is Reese's Peanut Butter Cups or the pumpkins. Not the small cups. If you're giving out those small peanut butter cups, you're fucking poor, okay? 
level up, all right? At least give out the full cup. Like, kids deserve the full fucking cup or the pumpkins. Do not give out those little miniature ones. If you're going to give out those miniature ones, at least compliment it. Like, at least have, all right, it's doing miniature Reese's plus Sour Patch Kids or something like that. Like, do not just give out those miniatures. Don't be a cheapskate, okay? Yeah, what's there to say about Reese's Peanut Butter? Cups or, or, or pumpkins. They taste phenomenal. They are great. Uh, I had one the other night. Um, I actually, I do scan during the week, try to watch the figure. Um, so I like scan calories and shit like that. And we don't need to get into it. But anyways, I scanned it thinking, that's oh, not bad. It's like 170 on calories, probably like five points or something like that, which be normal for like a treat. Fucking eight points. That's like my breakfast some days. Like, just like Jesus Christ. It's a good reminder not to uh, not to overindulge, right? So, and I only bought one, so that was okay. But yes, uh, Reese's peanut butter, uh, pump, pumpkins, cups are so fucking good, man. Uh, they, I could again another one that all day. Like I could have five or six. Dog and heat. Like we're definitely eating those and enjoying, you know, copious amounts of football. I'm jealous of those who have Halloween on Sunday and then they get to eat their Halloween leftovers while watching the Green Bay Packers on Sunday night. Like that's. That's the dream right there. And I do not get to live that dream because our Halloween's the next day on Monday Monday evening. Number four for me is Kit Kat. Uh, I love the convenience of the Kit Kat. Like I love the fact that you get two. Um, I love the kind of the crispy wafer. I love uh, those wafer cookies. Uh, you know, not, not necessarily Kit Kats, but the frosted ones that you get in the store. My God, whenever my mom would buy those, gone. Like those... That and the frosted oatmeal cookies, we would do a tap list on, on cookie types, which probably we should, because yes, I, I could go all day on cookies. Cookies, number one, like dessert for me. So it's not surprising I like Kit Kats. But what I also really like about Kit Kats is you have two. So it's not like a one and done. Like you eat a Butterfinger, you eat a Reese's cup, you're pretty much one or two bites, you're, it's over. Kit Kat, you get four bites, five bites before you're done enjoying that Kit Kat. It's the same concept with Twix. Twix definitely an honorable mention. Uh, was not in my top five, but definitely right there, like right on the cusp of, of being there. Number four for me uh, is Skittles. I thought you had to have a candy in there. You had to have something, something a little bit. But Skittles are great. Um, the, the thing that's nice about Skittles is similar to the Kit Kat, you get a ton of them, right? You're, you're not just one and done. You can kind of munch on like a bag of a small like a fun size bag of Skittles. Like you could take your time with that. You, that doesn't have to be an immediate. Now, if you wanted to dump it all in your mouth, go ahead, taste the rainbow. That's the whole slogan. Uh, but yeah, I I like Skittles a lot. I I would say they're to me from a Halloween candy perspective. I like those Skittle bags versus like Starburst. Like Starburst is so much fucking work. You get two of them. I like Starburst. Don't get me wrong, but you get two of them. You have to unwrap them. You hopefully you get colors you like. Um, I I wouldn't say I dislike any colors. Like I know people are very like, oh, I, I just eat pink Starburst or I just eat orange, which I think is kind of weird. Like have a little diversity in your life. Uh, but I, I don't like the reds as much. Um, the reds are not not my favorite. But I do like all. I am more of a pink guy. So yeah, basic bitch um, alert with Starburst. But yeah, I feel like with Starburst, you don't, you have, there's a lot of work to do. 
Uh, but as for like and then for like gummies, like I'm not I'm not huge on like gummy bears. Um, my wife got gummy bears as one of our candies to give away. Not if I had to look at the tape, I would. I just would like to see what else is out there. Um, trying to think if there's any other like candy adjacent things. I'm I'm probably forgetting a big one. Um, Skittles, Starburst. Oh, I love Laffy Taffy. That's kind of I don't know how people feel about Laffy Taffy, but I I I will always enjoy a good Laffy Taffy. Um, those those are great. Um, big fan of those, except for the green apple. Don't really like the green apple. Jolly Ranchers can get the fuck out of my face. That's another poor. It's a poor person move if you're giving out Jolly Ranchers. Like, I understand times are tough. We might be going to a recession, but the least you can do is do a little bit better than fucking Jolly Ranchers. Jolly Ranchers worse than uh, than, the, than the miniature Reese's peanut butter cups. All right, let's round out the list. We're gonna round it out with chocolate. We're gonna round it out with Snickers. And yeah, it's uh, I, it's a classic. You never go wrong. Get a little get a little nut in there. You get the caramel, the nougat. Uh, that definitely. Definitely enjoyable. Um, definitely one where you're 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 satiated after it. Um, I'm a big peanut guy. Like I love I love eat, eating nuts. That's it's part of the rotation. I realize what that sounded like. Uh, you could laugh. You could clip that if you want. Uh, but but no, I I enjoy I enjoy peanuts. So having that in there is great. Take five is definitely one that got close. Another honorable mention for sure. Um, the only the only real like chocolate candy bar I don't like. I used to not like Almond Joy when I was a kid, but then I developed a palate and I'm an adult. So now I, I enjoy an Almond Joy or Mounds. Um, is, oh, what was it? I was just about to say it. Three Musketeers. Like, I'll eat a Three Musketeers, right? It's chocolate. It's marshmallow. I like chocolate marshmallow. I usually like them together. Um, am I eating three or four Musketeers? No. Um, which is funny. <laughs> three or four Musketeers. <laughs> am I eating three or four or Three Musketeers? No. Um, probably just one or two. And then I'm like, all right, it's, it's done time. It's, it's good. I, I got, I got my fill. Like if you wanted to keep me away from the candy jar, you would just put a bunch of three musketeers up top. I'm sure I'm forgetting some, uh, hit me up on Twitter, Tabby to keg or on Instagram or TikTok, Tabby keg sports. Happy to talk about my candy choices. All right. That does it for today's show. We will actually be on right after the Packers bills game because it's at the end of the day um it should be good and we'll we'll talk we'll see what happens let's see if we can shock the world all right take care guys have yourself an awesome friday uh, enjoy halloween stay safe don't do anything stupid uh just keep it clean man take ubers do not try to be a fucking hero cops are gonna be looking just take that uber take that lift it's gonna be expensive i i guess one pro tip is and these big nights like cut the night short just a little bit. Like I know it's hard to do. I know sometimes it gets the best of you, but you kind of beat the competition if you head out at 115. And I'll, I'll tell you what, I've done this a long time. You're probably not missing a ton from 115 to two o'clock. And if you are gonna go all night, God bless you, do it. But what I recommend is that you have some place to go after the bar so you're not just hanging out in the cold looking, wearing your Mario costume looking like a fucking asshole. Like we have an A-bar ready so you can take an Uber a little bit later. But I think that's where it gets dangerous and you can you can kind of fuck yourself a little bit. So want to save your money. I, I really think like 115 is that get the fuck out time um, and you, you can avoid a lot of the hassle. 
All right. Take care, Tappers. We'll be back Monday. We'll talk Packers. We'll go over Bucks. We'll see if any other Brewer stuff. I'm waiting for that big Brewer story. Um, I would love to know if there is any more drama. If we have it, we'll certainly talk about it. All right. Take care, guys. Have a good one. Bye.